When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Megan Husslein, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by my co-host, Jamie Urich. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me, Megan. Yes, super excited to have you here. Um, A lot to talk about, especially in the basketball world this past weekend. So starting off with the Ohio State men's team, I mean... What a roller coaster of a week. The Bucks lost to Nebraska last Tuesday, came back with a big win against Michigan State on Thursday, highlighted by Joey Brunk, of all people, and then lost to arch rival Michigan on Sunday to finish the regular season. So, Jamie, why do you think Ohio State is losing these games that they shouldn't be? I mean, between Nebraska, Maryland, Definitely should have came out on top against Michigan. What do you think is going wrong for the Bucks? Yeah, I can't quite figure out if there's like a piece of their game strategy that just isn't working or if they're just in a slump. Like, I feel like basketball is one of those sports sometimes where there's not really an explanation for it. And, you know, guys just, you know, you're in your own head. You can't hit the shots. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like so, and and that happens in like a single game sometimes where you're just like, you can just tell if like the, the, the chemistry's off from the beginning, right? right? Like people are missing easy shots, but I feel like it's been that consistently kind of for a little bit. And so I can't tell if it's just like the lineup isn't vibing or there's something off with the actual like strategy side, or if they're just like all feeding off of each other energy-wise, and the momentum is off. Yeah, I feel like that was definitely evident in the Maryland game, especially. I feel like that that kind of started off this losing streak, obviously, besides Michigan State. Um, Yeah, you could just tell, like you said, they just were not hitting their shots. Right from the start, you could just tell something was off. And then I feel like that translated somewhat into the Nebraska game and – Losing Kyle Young was huge because I think he brings that spark and kind of that intensity that the team feeds off of. And so just losing him was definitely huge. Um, He was definitely needed against Michigan. But I feel like the team is just suffering a lot of injuries. You know, Zed Key tried to come back and re-injure that ankle. Michi Johnson, I believe, hurt his ankle as well. So... Not not great timing for, you know, the injuries to stack up and just something being off with the team. But, I mean, it's clear that they definitely have the talent coming off that big Ooh. win against Illinois. And obviously Michigan State by Joey Brunk, which was just unbelievable. It was so, so fun to watch that for the listeners who um, don't have the context. It was his first Big Ten game of the season. Mm-hmm. 
And he just like, it was just fun to watch him come in like really like beat up everybody (laughs) on Michigan State. Oh my gosh. Everyone's reactions were just hilarious. Like the Michigan State post game, they were like, we didn't even have him on our scouting report. Tom Izzo was like, who knew we'd have to double team Joey Brunk, which I mean, honestly, Ohio State fans were thinking the same thing. And I actually, I was at that game and the crowd was just so amazing. Every time he even touched the ball, they just went wild. He had MVP chance going for him. It was just amazing. But I mean, he was that fire that that team needed. He brought that energy and that excitement, and the team really just fed off it and played amazing against Michigan State. And, yeah, I just think they were losing that against Michigan. Um, So, I don't know. Something needs to change coming up with the Big Ten tournament. You know, they're currently the number six seed. So, what do you think, you know, some of the keys are needed to be successful in this tournament? Oh, that's, I mean, I definitely think the injury, like we got to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a huge one. And kind of like what you were talking about with the Michigan state game, like you could tell that the team was speeding off of of Joey Brunk and that momentum, right? Like EJ Little and Jamari Wheeler were just like hitting three pointer after Mm -hmm. three pointer after three pointer the whole game. Um, Like they were all feeding off of that. And I do feel like, they've had a lot of really rough injuries and like to guys that kind of are that glue. Yeah. And so they're going to need somebody else to step up and like really bring it all together. Um, Definitely like consistency is going to be a huge thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like the Bucks have been super inconsistent this season they look amazing against Illinois and then Michigan State and then next game they lose to either Maryland or Nebraska or Michigan so they're a pretty streaky team I feel like so hopefully they can just get you know everyone back healthy and just be playing at the top of their game you know having a few days off some rest coming up preparing for the tournament hopefully that helps them but yeah, should be should be exciting, um, but hopefully everyone can stay healthy for sure. So uh, mm-hmm. moving into a different aspect that happened on Sunday against Michigan, it was senior day, and so there were six seniors recognized, not including EJ Liddell. He's a junior, but he got recognized as well because he will, you know, be going pro. So I actually just wrote a column on which senior I'm going to miss the most next year. I wrote about Kyle Young because, like you said, I think he is the glue of this team, and he just brings such intensity and passion, and I think he is so fun to watch and just a critical part of this team. So which senior are you going to miss the most next season? Mine is also Kyle Young, which I know Mm -hmm. is probably very boring for our listeners, <laughs> but I have to be honest, it is Kyle Young. Um, mm-hmm. He's just so much fun to watch play and he really does hold the team together as a leader. So um, I'm, I'm sad to see him go, but excited for, for him as he enters his next chapter. Right. And definitely going to miss the baby pictures of his daughter, Remy, as well. I love seeing him be a girl dad. It's so cute. Um, But yeah, definitely going to enjoy the last few games with, you know, the six seniors that are on this team. 
Um, I hope that we get more games than, you know, like I hope that they go, go far into the tournament so that we can see them play a few extra games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you really you really don't know with this team. Obviously hoping for the best, but it's yeah, like I guess. two different teams. Like when they are on, yes. they are so good. And when they're <laughs> off, they are so off. <laughs> very, very true. Unfortunately, not not a fun time to be a fan right now. Very nerve wracking. But yeah, Big Ten play starts on Thursday. So excited to watch that tournament. But yeah. transitioning to the women's basketball team, they had a lot of success this season, especially towards the end. They finished first in the Big Ten uh, during the regular season with the Big Ten co-champs, but they ended up losing to Indiana in the Big Ten tournament. Jamie, did you get to catch that game at all? I did catch the Indiana game. You know, it was a it was a great game. Like they've had a hard time with Indiana. The, I think the last time they played Indiana was December, um, and they got blown out in that game. It was a really mm-hmm. rough loss. I think they lost by twenty points, maybe more than that. Um, yeah. So. This game was was fun. Like they were in it until the last like few seconds. They had a couple of really big turnovers right in that last minute of the game, um, and it was just kind of there were a lot of missed opportunities and missed shots in that last minute that that could have flipped the way that the outcome went. But mm-hmm. it was a fun game. Stressful because I wanted the Buckeyes to win, but <laughs> a fun game. Right? Yeah. I mean. The Big Ten in women's basketball has just been super fun to watch in general. A lot of great teams coming from it. Ohio State, kind of a sleeper team, I feel like. They really came on towards the end of the season. Um, But, yeah, definitely fun to watch. Obviously, Iowa came out on top, ultimately, behind Caitlin Clark, who... I mean, Meredith and I talked about her last week, but she is just an unstoppable force and so fun to watch, but... Yeah, just great for women's basketball, especially in the Big Ten. Yeah, it, it it's really exciting to see going into the tournament, too. Um, and I do think this is a team that, you know, they they had a, a really rough season-ending injury with Madison Green, like, earlier in the season. Right. Um, but they really, like, rallied and come together and finally have a rotation that's really working for them. And mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what they do going into the tournament. Yeah. And speaking of the tournament, obviously conference tournaments just wrapped up and number one, South Carolina got upset by Kentucky in the championship game. So Kentucky is the SEC tournament champs. Um, Pretty shocking. I don't think anyone suspected that happening because South Carolina has just been absolutely dominant all season. I mean, I don't think this really changes anything for them. I think it was just an off day. They're still South Carolina. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts? Do you think, you know, this was just an off game for them? They're still great. I do. Listen, I love an upset as much as the next person. Mm -hmm. But it does hurt me when Kentucky wins. Okay. I don't know why that's like a – I, I have no reason for my dislike of Kentucky and specifically Kentucky's basketball program, men's and women's. Yep. Um, so that was like hard for me to watch. But <laughs> from from an athletic perspective, you know, the, the Kentucky team 
I think they were the the seven seed in the tur- in the SEC tournament. Um, they were just they were on fire. It was dominant. So like that was that was fun from an athletic perspective. Um, right. and I think that they have a lot to celebrate and be really proud of. I do think it was just like kind of an off day. Um, you know, I think in the last 10 minutes of the game, South Carolina was, I think they only shot like 14 or 15%, um, which is not, you know, that, that is not the caliber of basketball that that team plays. So, um, I just, I don't think that that means anything going into the tournament. And maybe if anything, it'll kind of light a fire under them. The only thing that I think that it does is it, you know, it really shows that they're, it shows their competition that they can be beat. So that's always, like, you don't want to lose that game going into the tournament. But I do think that it could light a fire under them to just kind of get back to the caliber of play that they're used to. But I also think it could light a fire for Kentucky to just kind of ride that that momentum. So um, they're on a, I think a 10 game winning streak, which is like huge, you know, so much of the tournament is just momentum and they're, they're hot going into the tournament. So, you know, Kentucky could really surprise us, but I do think this was just an off game for South Carolina. Right. I mean, it, it does make for an exciting tournament coming up because, Hey, best team in women's basketball gets shut down. And that proves to other teams like you said that they can be beat so definitely gonna make for an exciting time um looks like hey it could be anyone's game so definitely can't wait for that to start but staying within the college basketball world uh coach k had his final game at cameron indoor this past weekend and it was a loss to north carolina um unfortunately for him However, definitely an exciting day, all about him, much deserved. He has racked up a record of 1,097-1 wins to 302 losses in 41 seasons at Duke. Jamie, what do you think about Coach K's legacy that he is leaving at Duke? I mean, Coach K, his legacy goes so far beyond Duke because he has reshaped college basketball on so many levels. Um but it was really cool. It's like something that I loved was that Duke invited all living players who have ever played under him to attend this last game. And they had so oh, many really? of them show up. I think 95 of them showed up. Like, yeah, that's amazing. They traveled to come. Like, that. that's the kind of stuff, like, it goes beyond your time on the court, right? Like, the things that these guys took away from their time under Coach K certainly are shaping the types of employees that they are and the types of people that they are. And like, it's not just like how many wins or losses that you have. Um, And obviously for some of those guys, they have gone on to build really successful professional careers, but not everybody does. And, and I just, I I don't know. I have so much respect for coach K and what he's done for Duke, what he's done for men's basketball. Um, It had to have been really fun for UNC Yes. Fans, because that is such a huge rivalry. Like I'm thinking if, if Michigan had an equivalent coach that had been there for ages and ages and we just like ruined their last game with that coach, oh, yeah. like that would be fun for us. So I'm sure the UNC fans are having fun. I do wish that he had gone out with a win um, just because like he never loses. So <laughs> right. he deserved to go out with a win. But um, 
regardless, like so, so much to be proud of. I just, I think that he's really reshaped college basketball um, in a lot of levels. Yeah, definitely a respected figure in the sports world. And he, he really just stayed true to himself during that UNC game. I mean, during halftime, I saw that he was just telling the crowd, like, this is unacceptable play. And they were trying to clap, cheer it off. And he was like, no, no, quiet down. Like, he shushed them, knowing that his team could play better than they were. So just classic Coach K for you, always trying to win. But, yeah, like you said, he definitely means more to college basketball than the national championships he's won and the record that he's compiled. He has just completely reshaped the sport and he's just such a likable and respected guy. So hopefully Duke makes a nice little tournament run, you know, for him his last season, but yeah, definitely a respected figure and will be missed next season. Will not be the same without him, but yeah, that that was a pretty lengthy discussion about college basketball, but we still got more sports news coming up for you. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Uh, the NFL Combine was this past weekend, one of my favorite events. And as always, great storylines come out of it. That really just shouldn't have an effect on, you know, draft stock or anything sometimes, but they do. And one of my favorites was Kenny Pickett's eight and a half inch hands, which just blew up on Twitter because that's the smallest hand size than any. It's smaller than any current NFL quarterbacks. But I mean, come on, we've seen what he can do. He's a Heisman finalist. This really shouldn't matter, should it, Jamie? Um, no, I don't think that it should because obviously he's proven himself on the field. Right. Um, however, I have very, very small hands and like eight and a half inch hands are very small. So like, <laughs> I do understand, um, but also it's not affecting his gameplay. So it's re- it's kind of ridiculous. Like it's like a For funny sure. storyline, but it, I, it should not affect his draft stock. It's he's good enough that that at the end of the day, like that, it should not be the thing dictating his draft stock. I agree. Um, But some things that could improve players' draft stocks, one would be the 40 yard dash. And there was a couple of impressive times this past weekend, starting off with some Buckeyes. Chris Olave originally everyone thought it was a four, two, six, which would have been one of the, I believe it would have been third best all time. That was his unofficial time. His official was actually a 4.39. And Garrett Wilson's was a 4.38. Obviously, Wilson has just been projected to be the number one receiver off the board. um, With Alave close behind. But I definitely think that this time boosted Alave just reminded everyone. He has quick, he's super quick. You know, he's just efficient, effortless speed, and kind of just, you know, jogged everyone's memory that, hey, I'm here too. Um, Don't forget about me. But yeah, I definitely think that their 40s boosted their draft stock. What do you think? Oh, I agree. Um, And Ohio State hasn't had a number one or first round receiver, I mean, in like 15 years, I think. Um, So 
it, I think it's like a great thing for the school to, to have these guys, um, ready to go, like probably in the first half of the first round. Um, I think it's going to push both of their draft stock up. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, but another 40 yard dash was, that was impressive. We always love when the big guys are speedy too. And Georgia's Jordan Davis, he's 341 pounds. Yet he ran a sub five 40 yard dash. He ran it in 4.78 seconds. Just so impressive. He's been projected to be a first rounder as well. But hey, we love when the big guys are fast too. It's just a fun sight to see. Um, but another big guy, but not not related to you know a combine drill, but just a great story is. Ikeem Ikwanu, he's an offensive lineman from NC State. Some are projecting that he could go first overall, but he he was said he said during an interview that he loved to perform in musical theater when he was younger, um, and just kind of got away from it because sports got in the way. But I just thought this was a super heartwarming story. I mean, he just seems so happy when talking about it, and I just think it's so funny to think about an offensive lineman you know, dancing around on stage. He said he was in 101 Dalmatians. Just come on. What a great image to see. I love that so much. And I'm such a theater nerd at heart that it's just like, makes me so happy that he is so passionate about it. I know. (laughs) Clearly something that just brought him so much joy. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. Yeah. Just one of the many great stories that come came out of the combine this year in addition to just you know all the drills going on we just love the personal side as well so another another great combine in the books but moving on to the nwsl preseason challenge cup coming up not gonna lie i don't know too much about this um so jamie how about you enlighten us with what's going on yeah so the uh national women's soccer league has they have kind of a preseason um, tournament that sort of kicks off the year. And this year they have two expansion teams being added. So um, Los Angeles has Angel City. And then there's also an expansion team in San Diego um, that are playing each other in their first games. Um, and so that's really exciting. Um, I think that the NWSL has had a lot of issues with just like player treatment and Mm -hmm. some kind of distressing stories coming out about issues with coaches and um, things like that in the last year. So this is really going to be kind of a a telltale season of whether or not they can reset and adjust and fix a lot of the internal problems. Um, And I think I'm excited to see the women get back on the field. And I'm also really kind of, cautiously optimistic slash still a little skeptical about whether they will be able to fix the internal issues that need to be addressed, um, particularly around coaching decisions as far as like abusive scenarios in the locker rooms, abusive scenarios on the field. Um, they need to address that. And it it is going to really come down to what, how this season goes. Um, I think that it could be a really big problem if they don't make any meaningful 
strides this year uh, for the future of the league. So I am super excited for them to kick off. I am going to, I, I live in Los Angeles. I have n- not ever latched on to a Los Angeles based team because all of my teams are Chicago or the Buckeyes. Um, but I am very excited to jump on board with Angel City. Um, but, and I think that expanding with those extra two teams is going to be a really great thing for the league. Um, but they, they do have some issues to work through. So i excited for the ladies to get back on the field, but a little skeptical about how uh, the internal higher ups are handling things. Yeah, definitely seems something to keep your eye on. Um, the women, the women's soccer national team and in the NWSL have just had to fight for so much. I mean, they just came off of a huge victory um, for equal pay against the men's national team. So that's, yeah, super exciting. So hopefully they can get everything worked out within the NWSL as well. But yeah, it should be an exciting start, it sounds like, with two new expansion teams in one season. And that's they're playing against each other? Like, come on, it really doesn't get better than that. Yeah, I think it's great too because they're both, you know, they're both California-based teams. So I'm hoping that like fans from San Diego are able to travel up. Um, the stadium that the Angel City team will be playing in is is based in LA, but they're playing these Challenge Cup games in Fullerton, California, which is a little bit closer to San Diego. So I'm hoping that we'll kind of see a good mix of, of fans for both teams and um, really just really exciting to see them expand West and um add those new teams and and I just like I hope that the women cuz many of the women who are playing are the women on the national team right I hope that they just kind of can catch a break and do what they love and are good at without having to deal with all of the um outside distractions that the league and men's soccer not the players but just the right. national associations in general have thrown at them for the last several years Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, Yeah, just looking forward to their season starting. But figured that we would end the show with a never-ending storyline, because why not? So LeBron's GOAT status was shown once again on Saturday when he put up 56 points against the Warriors in the Lakers' win, proving yet again that he is still LeBron James. So I figured... Why don't we reignite the LeBron-MJ debate? I mean, LeBron is just such an interesting figure, I feel like, because we know that he's one of the best players in the league, and he has been for a couple decades. But, like, just throughout the season, you kind of forget about him because he's just, you know, great on a nightly basis. But, like, sometimes he's not, you know, typical LeBron greatness every single night. So then we kind of just forget about him. So then we kind of wonder, hmm, was Michael really better than him? The debate I don't think is ever going to be solved. But, I mean, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking on, you know, LeBron's play this season? Yeah, I think, like, the thing that I have a hard time with, too, is, like, you know, I, I grew up in Chicago in the era of the 90s Bulls. So oh. Michael Jordan is a huge part of my childhood. Yes. Um, and I, so I think like, obviously I'm biased toward Michael, but I also think that 
LeBron, like the argument a lot of times boils down to Michael has more championships than LeBron. And that tends to be the barometer that people use. And I don't think that that is a fair metric because I don't think that single-handedly Michael Jordan would have won those championships. Like there was something about the 90s Bulls teams that if he didn't have Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and all these other guys backing him up, that's not to say that he wasn't the greatest and like wouldn't have succeeded elsewhere, but he had all of those pieces in place um, and Phil Jackson as a coach yes. that helped win championships. And LeBron in a lot of cases was doing things like not single-handedly, but without all of those other kind of A-list greats behind him. And he's still doing what he's doing. You know, that th- th- you're not comparing apples and oranges when we're looking at number of championships. So right. I don't like that as a metric for who's better. I don't know that we're ever going to get an answer um, because so much of it is statistics and so much of it is intangible. And both of them just have something really special and intangible about their play and a really, really strong work ethic that like, it's, it's very hard to, to come out with a clear answer. Um, Yeah. All this to say, like my heart says Michael, but I don't know that that's accurate. I think that that is because of, the nostalgia of my childhood and not necessarily because it's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, what a prime time to grow up though, watching all those championships. I mean, lucky you, but it was the best and space jam. (laughs) Like, come on. It doesn't get better than that, but nothing is better than space jam. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think that the debate is ever going to be solved. Like you said, so, Honestly, sometimes it can get to be too much, and I think we should just appreciate both of their greatness. I mean, why does there have to be one? Well, I mean, it makes for, you know, great discussions, but yeah, just two great players and just fun to debate back and forth. But I mean, before we wrap up the show, Jamie, shall we do our end of the show shout outs? Yes, we shall. Um, so I would like to shout out Brittany Corey. She is a Paralympic snowboarder. Um She's in her second Olympics. She won silver in 2018. Um, But she has also, while training for the Olympics, been volunteering as a nurse in the COVID wards throughout the pandemic. Um, She talked a lot about over this past weekend as she kind of started off on in the Olympic competition um, because she has had so much experience with the medical system as an amputee. Um, she felt that she had a responsibility to give back and this was something that she could do. So she worked in the COVID wards while training for the Olympics. Like, oh my gosh, both of those are extremely stressful scenarios and she was doing both at the same time. So, um, real hero, just absolutely love that. And, um, very excited for her to be in her second Olympics and wanted to shout her out for her, uh, athletic feet and also for her time and generosity in this pandemic yeah wow that's such an amazing story um first off just being a nurse in the covid ward is you know a frightening task in itself yet you're training to compete in the paralympics i mean that's just 
that's an amazing woman right there. So good for her. Um, hopefully she has a lot of success in the Paralympics as well. Um, but I wanted to shout out just Ohio State women's sports in general. Like, let, let's just go over a few of them. Women's basketball, regular season, Big Ten co-champs. Women's ice hockey just won their conference championship. Super exciting game in overtime. And they're now the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and women's tennis is currently ranked number four in the nation. So, I mean, women's sports has just been dominant this year for Ohio State. You know, the football team, they lost to Michigan. The men's basketball team, they lost to Michigan. But these teams are finishing on a high note. Um, So definitely kudos to them. They're just having a great year all around. Yeah, absolutely crushing it. Also, the women's ice hockey team had like a bazillion Olympians. I know. Yeah. I wrote a column on that too. I think they had five or six. I think there were six. Not all of them are current players, but um, there were six total either current or alum women's ice hockey players. Right. And two were on the Canadian team. So two of them won gold. So yeah, they've just been outstanding all year. So yeah, big shout out to all the women's sports teams at Ohio State. Just doing a great job. Yeah, wow. killing it. All right, that's all we have for today. So as a reminder, you can follow Jamie at Jamie Urich, me at Megan Hussline, and the site at Langrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl. And as always, go Bucks.